Uh, Bauhütte promises that the drop seat function will give gamers amazingly speedy butt release and butt cleanup. Butt cleanup as well. <laughs> it, I don't think that's included. I think release is there. Oh, goodness. She looks like she's about to release one. Oh, God. Welcome to Small Talk Japan. On this show, two white boys discuss news topics about Japan. Hi. I was just having a big <laughs> sip of coffee there, so I wasn't listening to what you just said. That's uh, okay. Uh, let's get to the news. Uh, oh, wait. Alex, wait. Before we get started, how are you? I'm excellent. Thank you very much. We just got off the radio together. Yeah, we did. So and I think you're kind of tired. Yeah, kind of tired. I went all the way across town and then back again, um, just for various reasons. <laughs> so you beat me here. I did, I Even did. Even though you were recording after I'd finished. It's true, it's true. Uh, and then what we were, we were talking about the most boring, the boringest of subjects. It was uh, the difference between uh, British and American spelling. Yeah, yeah. Is what we were talking about. For about 20 minutes. It was horrible. Yeah, <laughs> but somebody will listen to it, so it's all right, you know. What was the word that I couldn't believe that you spelled wrong? Uh-huh, I mean, uh, right, sorry, spelled correctly, analog. <laughs> No, 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 that one, that was one. Analog in British English is just ridiculous. But there was another one that you just said to me, and I've already forgotten it. It was like tire. You guys spelled like road tire. Oh, meter. 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 Do you know how they spell meter? Is it M-E-T-R-E? Yes. Well done, Josh. Thank you. You you just guessed, but did you know that they did that? Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we have M-E-T-E-R as well, but it means something else, I think couldn't believe that i was like what is wrong with you guys meter tire always like always throws me off when i see it on reddit or whatever t-y-r-e i'm like yeah is that like but, a but a lot of people spell it t-i-r-e now as well right mm. we're doing it again we're getting into the same conversation so boring let's get to the news okay first of all we got to talk about mr mr kishida that's his name right kishida yeah i yeah, don't like him don't like you we're going to dedicate today's show to a guy named ricky he's sitting at home in canada hey ricky Ricky has been sitting in Canada for one fucking year. Okay. We hired him in January of this year, and he's been sitting, waiting to enter the country for a year. It's a long time. And everything, last show, I think I said it, or maybe the last show that you were on, I don't remember. It was like, Ricky's coming. Ricky's not coming. And uh, it's because this Kishida guy, who seems to be really good at his job, like, panicked at the Omicron variant, which we don't have any information of and whatever. And he, they just like, f- the first thing that they did on Monday of this week is that they, uh, I guess if you guys are seeing this on a weekend, it might be, you know, the previous Monday, uh, is that they shut down the country. It's like that meme from Madagascar. It's like, shut down everything. <laughs> have you seen this? It's from a video game. No. Uh, Josh, you got to Google, shut down everything meme. Uh, it's basically, there's like this free online game. I think it was called Pandemic or something like that. Right. It was for like seven years ago or something like that. And then like Madagascar is like that little island, right? Mm-hmm. And so like the president of Madagascar, you, you're the goal of the game was to infect everybody on the planet. Right. With the virus. Yeah. And like if 
country shut down, then your virus couldn't spread there, so you would lose the game. Right, I see. And uh, I don't remember why they made this game, but post-pandemic, this kind of seems like a really dark game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so there's a meme of, like, the president of Madagascar. It's just, like, this really shittily drawn, like, in MS Paint photo uh, picture. And it's, like, the president is just saying, shut down everything. Shut down everything. Have yeah. you found it? It looks racist, because I think it is. Uh, the game that you're talking about is Plague Incorporated. Plague Incorporated. And when again, did this come out? Uh, it came out, I think, like 10 years ago, actually. It's a pretty old like phone game. And the two places that are always hardest to infect were Madagascar and Greenland. I've actually played the game before. Oh, God. You <laughs> played it? Yeah. Wow, is any good? I mean, it's like a phone game that... So no, then. <laughs> Not really. It's like a time waster, but yeah, here's the... There it is. Oh, that looks awful. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, it says, President Madagascar. Yes, a man in Brazil is coughing. Shut down everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I think 4chan made this because it just reeks of 4chan. I missed this one. And uh, so this is used for various things on the internet. I hope you put this picture in the, in the podcast, uh, Josh. And anyway, so uh, this is Kishida now. We need, to, we need to change this and put a little Kishida title on this guy. Because it's like <clears throat> a couple people caught a variance and it's not even a South African made variant. We just discovered it there. Yeah. Well, the South African medical community discovered it, right? Yeah. Cause the scientists there are like superb. So good job guys. But anyway, but yeah, I mean, I think the problem here is that, um, the reaction before to COVID with Suga, the previous prime minister was quite slow. So you mean with Abe, Suga didn't do shit. Well, yeah. Abe was like, Oh, are we going to do something? The princess diamond is sitting in the Tokyo Harbor, wherever the fuck it was, Yokohama or whatever. Let's just leave it there. Yeah. They just left it there forever. Uh, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, Kishida now is trying to do things quickly to show that he's kind of a decisive leader. But unfortunately, you know, it's, it's typical. Yeah. He's just like, a make decision now. And it's like, just shut down, shut down everything. Yeah. But anyway, so but they, they backtracked on this on so, Monday, right? So on Thursday, Thursday so right. it was decided on, on Monday that they're going to shut down everything. So we spent days doing all the paperwork for Ricky to come into the country. We bought the plane ticket, the hotel where he had to quarantine for 14 days. All of that nonsense canceled. Right. Half of it's not refundable. It's just a mess. And then on Thursday, so this happened on Monday. Then on Thursday, they came out and they're like, well, maybe we are not going to cancel all the incoming flights. Just we're not going to let in most of the people anyways. So it's 3,500 people a day, right? But the thing is, is it's not, it, they've made the window, the, the type of people that can enter, like the classification of them, like more, what is the word? Like well, strict, strict, yeah, yeah. stricter. And so uh, Ricky's visa classification doesn't fit into that or something. Who knows? It changes every day. And when we call them, mm. we're like, hey, guys, what's the new rules? They're like, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. Don't call us. <laughs> or like, or Who did like, you call? <laughs> everybody. Like, it's like, there's like this new department that was set up to track like incoming businessmen. And right. they're like, they're, they're itineraries for like 10 days or whatever. Okay. And like when our staff would call them, we'd be like, so do we submit this paper to here? And they're like, we don't know. Right. It's yeah. just like. Chaos. <laughs> Absolute chaos. I've got the quote. Michael Ryan, head of the WHO's health uh, emergencies program, said of Japan's ban on new entries of foreigners, because that's the thing. It's not Japanese people. Mm. Japanese people can go to hang out in Hawaii and come back, and that's fine. If you're an age you can, what does that mean in English? Uh, permanent residency, like me or like you, you just go have a heyday. Who cares? Sweet. But if you're a foreign national without a permanent residency or a visa, no, 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 you can't come in. So anyway, the who guy was like, Am I the only one that wants to say this who? 
Not WHO. Who? Yeah, who? Doctor Who. Is that? Oh, sorry. Anyway, he said, ed, ed, uh, epidemiologically, help me, epidemiologically. Epidemiologically. I find it hard to understand the principle there. Does the virus read your passport? Does the virus know your nationality or where you are from? Or, le- or where you're a legal resident. Our concern here is that we apply pub- public health principles, not political principles, to selecting measures that are used to control the spread of diseases, Ryan said at a press conference Wednesday. The idea that you can put a hermetic seal on most countries is frankly not possible. Mm. Well, it's kind of possible on Madagascar, Greenland, and Japan. Yeah. Especially Madagascar. Shut down everything. So this is just a fucking mess. They don't know what they're doing. Nobody knows what's going on. And while this is happening, there's a lot of businesses like my Kaiwa school that we, they're understaffed. Yeah. Because a lot of the foreign people living in Japan are going home because they're like, screw this, I can't see my family and I don't want to live here anymore. So they're going home. And then, so there's the availability of English teachers or other professions and, you know, foreign foreign, uh, workers is Mm -hmm. going down. So the demand's going up. And while... Workers do want to come into the country. They're not being allowed in. Yeah. Economically, this is a freaking mess. Kushida, what the hell are you doing? Well, I mean, for me, it's like I considered going home for Christmas and things like that. But, you know, because you don't know what the situation is going to be. Yeah. What, they ban you from coming back. What are you going like to do? You can't come back. It's like you can't go to work. Right. What are you going to do? So it's not worth a risk. No. You know? And then they, they keep changing the, the quarantine rules. They're like, okay, well, we'll quarantine you for, you know, 10 days, three days. Now it's 14 days. Yeah. I understand caution's necessary, you know, with... with if there's a the roadmap, state, you said this last show that you were on, if there's a roadmap... Yeah, that's true. There's yeah. no roadmap. It's just it's just panicky, reactionary decision-making. Which is no good for anyone. Mm. Anyway. Right, let's go to another positive story. <laughs> All right, this one's particularly positive. So this is uh, friends, uh, France, sorry, issues arrest uh, a warrant for Japanese woman over parental kidnap. Mm. So somebody's uh, done something... But here. So the father here, do you find his name? The father here is a Frenchman, uh, and he did a hunger strike at some. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yeah, at the train, airport, yeah. yeah, airport or somewhere mm-hmm. for like thirty-nine days or something like that to to get international attention because Japan has really Japan is mostly a peaceful country and you don't really have to worry about legal things and like I've never had any trouble with police or anything like that. Mm. But once you get into the legal system in Japan, it's kind of wonky. It's bonkers. Yeah, it's uh, stacked against you generally. And um, Especially with uh, children, uh, if you're in a if you're a foreign guy with a Japanese wife, and well, it, this actually happens with Japanese guys as well, but it's even more so uh, mm. terrible with foreign uh, husbands. But if the Japanese wife just takes your kids away mm. and runs away and doesn't tell anybody where she is, there's no legal recourse. That's true. Yeah, it's not kidnapping. They're like, oh well, they're with a the legal guardian, and that's it. So what's happened here is uh, a court in Paris has issued an international arrest warrant for the Japanese wife of a French national for alleged abductions after she ran off with her two children and refused to let him see them, uh, sources close to the matter said on Tuesday. So the Frenchman was a 39-year-old chap called Vincent Fichot, uh, who made headlines in summer when he staged a hunger strike near the national stadium ahead of the Tokyo Olympics to raise awareness of the issue. Uh, which Japanese police did not take seriously. And they don't take it serious at all. No. So now uh, Emmanuel Macron, the uh, president of France, has discussed the matter with uh, Yoshida Suga um, while he was at the Olympics, but nothing happened since then. So, you know. They they don't want to change their laws. There's a lot of weird laws that they have. And especially when it comes to uh, divorces, one thing that uh, happens in Japan is there's no such thing as shared custody. Yeah. And so if you get a divorce, basically the judge goes, oh, which one's the girl? You're the, the wife. Okay, you get the kids. And then that's it. And then you never see your kids again if she doesn't want you to see the kids. 
Well, this is kind of like uh, a, an opportunity for him to try and use the French justice system to try and affect change in Japan. But there's no agreement, you know, regarding no. handover of suspects Not or anything at all. like that. So, you know, it's um, a good statement to do, but I don't think it'll have much effect. No, but it's good to, to see that the French government is taking the serious if the Japanese government is not. And things like this really do need to be updated in the in the Japanese legal system. They, they have some really archaic stuff going on and that, that needs to be updated. Yeah. Um, especially because going forward, there's going to be more of these international couples and things like that. And, you know, you can't have a, the wife just stealing the kids and running away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that's awful. But anyway, good on the French government for that. Yes, well done. So here's actual positive news. 60% in Japan see drinking with colleagues to deepen ties as unnecessary. <laughs> uh, Alex, give me a background on you. When you were starting off in Japan, yep. how many nomikais, which is like drinks parties, did you have to go on? Oh, God. I mean, there was a lot with the schools and things like that. Because mm. I was teaching English at first, right? So we would go out with the Board of Education, go out with the schools. Yeah, quite a lot. Yeah. But, I mean, I was never that opposed to them. It's kind mm. of boring, standing around waiting for somebody to say kampai speech at the beginning. But for me, it was never so much of a problem, I guess. The concept, the Japanese concept of no communication, like no me means to drink and communication, they put the two words together. So it's like, you know, communicating with your peers while drinking. Yeah, yeah. What do you feel about that? Well, I, I'm from England, right? Northern England as well. So people drink a lot, go to the pub, chat to co-workers. Pub is like, like your your living room, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. It's like a mass space where people can get together and chat openly and stuff like that. But that's all voluntary. There's mm. no you know pressure, no peer pressure to go along. And I think the problem in Japan is that people feel pressured to go. Mm. So for me, because I'm like foreign as well, I basically just did what I wanted. Yeah, like I went along. If I was bored, you know, I would stay to the end, but I wouldn't go with them to the second thing. The, the Nijikai. Nijikai, Sanjikai, and that kind of yeah. stuff. I'd disappear and do my own thing. But because I'm such a legendary drinker anyway, you know, <laughs> it's uh, never really a problem for me. Yeah, you know, so I, ha I have a weird feeling about this because I actually enjoy Nomikais. Yeah. Like I enjoy drinking. But my position dictates that, like, if I tell my staff, which most of them are foreign, so they'll, like you said, they'll just decline if they don't want to go. But if I tell my staff, like, hey, let's go out and get drinks, they feel pressure to go. And then I'm never sure when to send them home or if they'll go home on their own. Right. Do you know what I mean? Well, if they're with you, then it's in a Western setting. Just because you're in Japan doesn't mean you have to follow any Japanese norm, right? That's true. That's so, true. Say, if you want to come, come. If you don't want to come... No, I, mean, I feel you're like you're fired. I feel like <laughs> no communication is really good for sales. Like if you're trying to promote something, yeah, yeah, it's really good to do that. But I don't know. It's good to meet people as well. I mean, I've heard cases where like an American business brings a proposal to Japanese company, right? And it's really, really good. It look, makes sense. It's you know, uh, cost effective or whatever. And then a Japanese company brings a slightly worse proposal, but they spend the time going out with them, getting to know them, drinking them, uh, drinking with them, and, and chatting personally and stuff like that. And they always take the Japanese proposal. Yeah. Because they feel like that, you know, they're going to take care of them. It's not just a one-off. Um, so there is that aspect to it as well. But it's a pain in the ass, isn't it, really? Yeah, but, you know, we've built names for ourselves by getting out and, and whining and dying and mingling with people. I mean, so it it does work. I mean, it does work. It's not wrong, yeah. So, But I think what this really, what these, especially these young people are talking about, because this, this has uh, come up uh, be, because of the pandemic, right? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of the Nomikais and everything were canceled. Uh, Bonankai, which is the forget the end of the year, forget the year at the end of the year party party. Right. <laughs> and then Shinninkai as well, which is the new year party. The new year party in the new year. Yeah. So 
those were like those account for something like 60% of all restaurants revenues in some places. Um, and so those are mostly all canceled uh, for a couple of years now. And I think the younger shut-ins are happy about this. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're a younger girl. Oh, uh, yeah. And you're going drinking with a bunch of your like salaryman worker, co-workers. Get a bit drunk and get a bit larry, right? You get yeah. a little handsy. Yeah. You know, that's not fun. So for us, I mean, we don't have to deal with the power dynamic so much, right? Sometimes I do, but mostly don't. But we can ignore it. I mean, I used to do that. when I used to have to go to ones with the kind of traditional art that I practice. And I would be making shochu for everybody because oh, I was God. the youngest. And they were like, oh, he showed you. And it's like, you know. No. It's like, I would always just claim that I don't know how any of that works. I don't know how to make shochu. Or they start saying, like, you've got to order the same food as everybody else. Oh. Because it's like, you know, split between everybody. So you have to order exactly the same thing. Um, and recently, because I went out with a group of people like that again, uh, I was just like, I'll, I'll just pay separately for <laughs> all my stuff. I don't even need Nami Hoda. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. Know. there's a lot of culture that goes into the, the these kind of no communication things. I don't know. I think if it completely goes away, it's like kind of a a loss of culture, I feel. Yeah, I think a lot of younger people feel like pressured into it and they don't feel comfortable. But, you know, if people want to do it, why not? I mean, I, I quite enjoy our Shin Nenkai parties. They're yeah. good. It's a laugh. And there's some good prizes as well. Yeah, they do bingo at uh, Bonenkai and Shinenkai parties at some companies. But we get travel-related stuff. Yeah, that's nice. So nice, nice stuff. When I did a, the Bonenkai for TV, like five of the top prizes were like all-inclusive vacations to various destinations. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I got the hot pot, so it made makes hot water. It's like a kettle. Yeah, the I biggest won. win I had was a bottle of shochu, which was about this big, mm -hmm. and it was like some super rare... Once everybody's very jealous of that. Um, but I just gave it to one of my neighbors. Cause Last year, our Bonenkai <laughs> that we had in secret, ooh, uh, and we, we completely, what is the word for Kashkiri? We uh, reserved an entire restaurant by ourselves. Mm -hmm. And because Amazon sent me two espresso, 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 help, espresso. Me, help me, espresso. It's espresso. Not espresso. I don't know what I'm saying. Uh, so anyway, I have an espresso Coffee, machine. Coffee machine. Yeah, two of them. Yeah. So they, they sent me two of them instead of one. Yeah. And so they let me keep this the other one. So I raffled it off with my staff. And then uh, I think Tyler won it. Who won it? Tyler? It's nepotism. And then, no, no, no. And he won it and then didn't want it. And so now it's at the studio as our coffee oh, is that machine. Is there? Yeah. That one. <laughs> We're drinking that coffee right now. Cheers. Thanks, Amazon. <laughs> Uh, let me go to the Tokyo Olympics really quick. So this is interesting. That's finished already, by the way. Yeah, it uh, it happens. It happened. They, it was so good that they didn't just do it like prepare for it in 2020. They did it in 2021, right? Oh yeah, did it twice. Yeah, kind of twice, right? Anyway, um, this is a very interesting story. It says uh, the headline is Tokyo Olympics costs less than budgeted. Need for extra money unlikely, which is a weird way of saying that, but it basically like it was under budget. Was it? Yeah, and the reason why. Because nobody came. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cost reduction stemming from the absence of spectators due to the coronavirus pandemic. More than compensated for losses on ticket sales. So they didn't have to deal with the people. Right. So they didn't need the staff or any of the stuff that the people were going to consume or use or whatever. So they just didn't spend any of the money on that. That's crazy. I know somebody who runs a bus company and he went up there for the Olympics. Yeah. And they were doing shifts 24 hours a day like ferrying people back and forth from the venues. Really? Yeah, this is with no spectators as well, just staff and athletes. Wow. And he said they were flat out for the whole thing. 
So imagine if there would have been visitors there. It would have been a total... I don't see how you up. do the fucking Olympics in Tokyo. Tokyo's already a clusterfuck when it comes to traffic, especially when it yeah. gets to, like, uh, rush hour. Yeah. But anyway, so the, the total cost of the Olympics will probably be around 1.5 trillion yen, which Josh looked up as 13.29 billion US dollars, which is actually kind of a small amount of money for the Olympics, I think. How much did the London Olympics cost? Because that one was apparently very thrifty. Was it? Yeah, but it was really good. When was the London Olympics? 2012, maybe? Yes, the London Summer Olympics were 2012, and the cost was $14.6 billion. More than the Tokyo one. But that's with a full crowd. Yeah. And the queen parachuting into. Did she really do that? No. (laughs) It looked like she did. That's all that matters. Let's go to your next story, Alex. Okay, this is a very British-type story. So Japan uh, is going to oblige security camera installations on trains uh, soon. What for, I wonder? Well, because the Joker blew himself, you know, he set the thing on fire and stabbed some people. That happened, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it says crime prevention steps were not necessarily sufficient as existing measures have placed emphasis on safety, operating trains uh, and preventing accidents, said Transport Minister uh, Tetsuo Saito at a press conference in Tokyo. Learning a lesson from the incident, we will study the performance of security cameras <laughs> and shouldering the cost of their installation, Saito added. Uh, the ministry said it will start discussions on these issues with experts and train operators possibly later this month. So it's to stop people going nuts and things like that on the train with knives and shit, right? Yeah, so they're installing cameras on some uh, trains, which to me as an American, it feels like you didn't have cameras on your trains. I know, yeah, it's like, what? <laughs> yeah, there's also the other problem of uh, chicken as well, so feeling up people. Oh, that is actually mostly remedied by the women's trains now. Oh, yeah. yeah so yeah. up until I think it's 9.30 a.m., the select cars on c- certain trains, I think it's like usually like one, two, three or whatever, are the women-only trains. If you get on that by accident and the door's closed, what the fuck happens if you're a guy? Is it uh, just like... Have you done this? Yes, I have done that. <laughs> oh. Everybody just looks at you and I was like, oh, it's only woman here. I need to get off at the next stop. <laughs> Oh God! Is it pink or something? Is it? There's like, like a pink sticker on the window. Are right? there like sofas inside? Do they like like do they talk to each other and like give backgrounds? Is like no. Is that what women do? This is what. No, I have this image because like when I was a kid, our church. This is like like horrible memories, guys. We're segregated. No, so they have <laughs> no. They have women in guys' bathrooms, right? And then right. one day we're like like there was nobody there, and we're like playing hide and seek. And I ran into the window because I was only like four or five years old. I ran into the women's bathroom, and there's like a sofa. And it was like all this like all this luxurious stuff in there. It just like looked like a paradise. I've seen that sofas in women's toilets. Yeah. What's that all about? We I don't, don't have know. those. We have like cold tile and urinals. I and you guys say urinals in a weird way. Urinal. Yeah. I want a sofa so I can sit down and have a piss at the same time. <laughs> That's not what they're for. All right. Um, but yeah, I actually accidentally went into a women's toilet like last week. What? Yeah. So I was at this um, seminar in... Uh, one part of the country I won't name but I went there and um, I was in a yokan like oldish kind of yokan thing and it, I, I was desperate to go to the toilet Yeah. and I ran inside and it just said tearai in kanji uh-huh. Uh-huh. so I was like oh this must be the toilet went in sat down took a dump uh-huh. and then um, I realised there's no toilet paper so I was like oh shit there's no toilet paper so I kind of pulled my trousers up yeah. just to cover everything up and opened the door and there was a woman stood right in front of me and I was like oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> 
So I slammed the door again and waited until she'd left the room yeah. and then kind of scuttled to the next cubicle to get the toilet paper. Uh, and when I went out, uh, on the other side of the door, I realized that there was like a pink, you know, little oh. red, red triangle or something yeah. like that. And it was just so hidden from the angle I saw it at. You couldn't see it, right? So it was a genuine mistake, but it looked absolutely awful, I must say. Oh, God. And the thing, when you, when we do, like, social faux pas like that in Japan, that we stand out so much more because we're foreign. Yeah. So when I did the seminar at the start, I said uh, LGBTQ-friendly bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe pointed out the fact they may want to make the signage a bit clearer, <laughs> just because it's not quite... You know, evident. I went to a Don Quixote in I forgot where, some big city in uh, in Japan. And uh, if you guys don't know what a Don Quixote is, it's a uh, it's a guy who chases windmills. But really, uh, what it is is a um, it's a like a what would you call it? Like a store of everything. Yeah, it's like a discount discount not discount store. Really, is it's just like a they've got everything. I mean, yeah. they sell everything from like beer to the like dildos. They do. Also, they yeah. do. And like designer bags, like everything. Anyway. <laughs> Dildos and designer bags. <laughs> what is going on with this episode? This is what needs to be at the start. The, the, don't do that because then you'll get angry about it. Uh, they, they had three toilets. They had uh, men's, uh, women's, and a we love everyone toilet. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was kind of nice. cool. Yeah, yeah I thought cool. it was cool. I was like, all right, that's, you know, that's inclusive. Yeah. Did you ever see the TV show, the American TV show, Ali McBeal? Yes. They oh, had they a, mixed gender toilets, yeah, right? Yeah, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They used to poop next to each other and talk to each other That's in the so show. Weird. Why yeah. would they put that in the show? I don't know. Just to be progressive. Yeah. So nineties, yeah. Ali might be like shit that program. Yeah. So <laughs> long ago. Why are we talking about this? Oh right. So I want to ask you a question about the trains on the camera. So in England, you guys have the CCTV everywhere. So like, it doesn't matter what you do; it's on TV, right? It's Basically, recorded. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. It's literally everywhere. So yeah. how do you feel like Japan in 2020, like uh, 2021, going like, oh, maybe we should put some cameras on these trains? Yeah, I think they need them, really, don't they? I mean, what happens if some incident happens? Right. Everybody's got a camera in the pocket, right, with the phone, but you need someone with an official position looking after it all, right? Right. So. I mean, I just think for as far as, like, safety goes, like, you know, if there's, for example, somebody, like, falls over, has a stroke or something like that on the train, and no one's there to see them. Well, actually, I saw an, um, a demonstration from Canon or someone like that. I can't remember what it was, for security cameras that they developed for trains and train stations. This was, like, two, three years ago. Okay. Uh, and they could detect when somebody was drunk. Really? Yeah, just through the walking pattern. And it would lock onto them and put like a red box around them if they got too close to the platform. Wow, in case they fell in. Yeah, yeah, and that, that would alert the kind of staff to go and direct them away from the train line. And that also, it's cool. And a bit darker, they could also detect potential jumpers by being close to Yeah, them. somebody told me in Tokyo that if your train is late, it's almost always because of a suicide. That's what they say. It's a bit of an urban myth, I think. But, Is it? Yeah. I think the train companies are just saying that so they don't have to. I don't know. They <laughs> seem to be perfect. Those guys, you know, I, we talk about this all the time, but those trains are just perfect, the, man. This It's in. extremely important. I know the yeah. psychology behind that. I wrote yeah, like yeah. three chapters on that. Yeah. That's, uh, what is it? Hand washing for doctors. Same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and a checklist for pilots, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, it mentioned in that article is that they're going to start checking bags. Oh, no, we don't want that. Um, but not like the airport. I think it's going to be like, a, oh, you look suspicious. Can you show us what's in your bag? 
Yeah, I don't want that. Because the, the reason why we <laughs> use the bullet train, the Shinkan sign, is because there's no security. Not because there's no security, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> What are you wanting to do here? You know what I mean? You just like walk on and walk off. There's not yeah. like, you know, drive an hour to the airport and then like go through an hour of security to get on the airplane. Shinkansen green car, the premium one, is like my private office. So I've got like a desk area. I can do some work. It's like concentration for two hours or whatever. Um an aeroplane, it's like you've got to queue up, you've got to get your bags through the scanner thing. Yeah. You know, you've got to get to the airport, get back from the airport. There's no so. little lady with a with a cart that sells, sells you bentos and stuff like that. Nobody brings me beer on the aeroplane. People bring you people bring you beer on the Shinkan set. And also the toilets are really nice. They're very spacious. Yeah. Like they're made for human beings. I'm a big fan of the Shinkan set, but I'm not a big fan of the tickets that you have to print out to get on it because there's so many of them. Well, it'll get there eventually. Let's maybe. go digital, please. So this next story that I'm going to go to is actually kind of serious. So we're going to we're going to take this very seriously. Okay. This is about Taiwan and Mr. Abe, which the Western news keeps calling him Abe, which I think is hilarious. Is serious? <laughs> Who says are, that? Some people have been calling him Abe. I'm like, dude, Abe, that's great. Is Let's that like just Fox News or something. Maybe. Who knows? Um, so Taiwan has the, I forgot what it's called, the Taiwan something something semiconductor uh, company, mm-hmm. Chip comp company in Taiwan. So there is uh here it is TSMC the the what does that stand for? TSMC is transistor semi micro I don't know. Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company is exactly what it probably would be. Yeah. Um so TSMC everybody is probably one of the most valuable not in terms of dollars but in terms of technology companies in Asia. Mhm. And they make all the processors for everything. Everything. The reason why everything's so expensive right now is because this company has a backlog of orders because of the pandemic and things like that. So this one little company is responsible for basically all the CPUs and chips in the world. Yeah. Now, China thinks that Taiwan is part of China. Taiwan thinks China is wrong. (laughs) America has a self-defense treaty with Taiwan kind of thing going on. And Japan is a signatory of another treaty. I'm not really exactly sure, but but basically it's like a a mutual defense understanding between Japan, Taiwan, and the United States. Mm -hmm. Recently, China, let's just say, has been a little aggressive and like kind of rattling the saber and kind of like testing the waters to see what would happen if they kind of went in and, I don't know, militarily took over Taiwan, Mm. which would probably plunge the world into World War Three. And it's all because of this little company. Yeah. Um, Now, of course, you know, strategically, Taiwan is an island as people and all that other stuff. That's all important, too. But one of the things that we just cannot let happen is this technology just being taken away by China. Yeah. And so as long as this company stays there and as long as well, Taiwan remains a logistically like its position, a strategically important place, Mm -hmm. we're going to have this kind of like tinderbox where it's just like waiting to explode. Well, I think if China makes a move on Taiwan... They'll just give that technology to the U.S. Well, no, no, no. You know. that, I mean, sure. But I'm just saying, like, if they make a move, it's it's war. Oh, yeah. It's going to be, yeah. And it's like, in Japan's former uh, prime minister, Abe, not Abe, was kind of strong. For a Japanese leader, this was kind of a strong, uh, uh, um, uh, strongly worded statement. This is a, obviously a, a uh, translation. A Taiwan contingency is a contingency for Japan. In other words, it is also a contingency for the Japan-U.S. alliance. People in Beijing, per, per, particularly uh, President Xi Jinping, should not misjudge that. That's like, you fuck with Taiwan, you fuck with us, is what he's saying. Yeah. 
And I'm like, I hope this doesn't lead to war. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> wants that. Because Taiwan's literally like, you can throw a rock at it from here. It's just right down the street. Yeah. It's just like, geez, I hope this. But, you know, this is this is the thing that I don't like about Trump. The, another thing I don't like about Trump. We were doing this trans-Pacific par- partnership thing, mm-hmm. this TPP that uh, Obama was really like working with to, to, to counterweight China. Yeah. And they, we almost passed it. And then Trump becomes president. He's like, I don't like big treaties. And then it just got, went away. Yeah, yeah. So now we've got no counterbalance for China in the Pacific Ocean. Fun. Well, no solution anytime soon. Well, I hope it's, I have, I hope we can just like negotiate something, you know, and I hope it doesn't turn into another like Hong Kong because that's. Well, Hong Kong now is much less attractive to me as a destination than it was before. <laughs> I'm not going there. Yeah. And it sucks because Hong Kong people are awesome. Yeah, they are as well, yeah. But yeah. unfortunately, the cosh has been laid down on them. So. Yeah. So let's hope, you know, this we can figure something out with Taiwan, like, uh, diplomatically. Anyway, let me go to one more serious uh, topic, and then we got yours to, to finish this. Uh, Tokyo to start flagging electric scooter users for minor offenses. Oh, this is dead serious. No, well, this is a little serious, okay? So in Tokyo, for the last three years or so, like, the police have basically... There was a new law passed, I don't remember how many years ago, the really popular electric scooters are now classified as basically cars. Bird, is it? And things like that. And yeah. Yes. And yeah. so you need a license plate. <laughs> so just imagine this, guys. <laughs> Your little electric scooter that basically in the US that you can just drive around anywhere. You need a little license plate for it. Right. You need side view mirrors. And I think I think you need... I also think you need lights. I could be wrong about that. Do <laughs> you need to wear a t-shirt that says dickhead on it as well <laughs> to ride one of these things? <laughs> Maybe, I'm not sure. What's great about these in France is that they're all over the place, right? And you can just, you know, tap your phone on it, use it, and then leave it somewhere when it's done. And mm. somebody else can find it on the app and then use it again. Oh, the share ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But people just chuck them in the fucking river. And I've seen one hanging out of a tree. You That's know? not cool. It's like, you know, that reminds hilarious. Me of, there was this aerial photo of like these two Chinese like uh, bicycle ride share companies that went out of business. Yeah. And so they're like these two like lots of land with like millions of similarly colored bicycles in them. Oh, uh, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. It's just going to waste. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's like crazy. But anyway, so what's happening is like these little, let's call them mini cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are causing a lot of accidents in Tokyo. And so what the police are going to start doing is they're going to start writing uh, tickets to pe- to the uh, scooter users that don't uh, abide by traffic laws like cars. If they can catch them. That's <laughs> not a challenge, man. <laughs> but uh, I mean, as someone who rides a bicycle in Japan, because I, I, I mean, I also drive, but I, I, my preferred uh, method of, of, of travel is by bicycle because it's just so damn convenient. If like cops were walking around citing bicyclists for this kind of stuff, I'd have to really behave myself. Yeah, I need to get a bike actually. It's kind of nice. Like you know, you just just get on and go wherever you want. It's great. Don't have I, to I, park it. I need a cheap one, cheap mama chatty. Yeah, your son has the same bicycle that I do. Does he? It's just white. Mine's black. Oh, right. Yeah. Didn't know that. Found that out the other day. Wow. Yeah. Let's go to our last important story today. Oh, this is very important. This is the reason I'm here today. Um, <laughs> Do you have this up on your screen? Can you pull this one up, Josh? I'd love to see what it looks like. <laughs> Can you just please read that that art, the, the highlighted bit? Shall in, I read the title first? Title first and then the highlighted bit in your most British accent. Okay. Onesie for gamers comes with toilet mode, has Japanese Twitter in stitches. Um <laughs> So, um, a company called Bauhütte. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. Bauhütte. <laughs> Bauhütte. Uh, seemingly had gamers completely covered 
there was still one issue that eluded them, bathroom bakes. Uh, what if you were in the middle of a particularly intense match and suddenly heard nature's call? So for a start, taking off the uh, damigi. What's the damigi? Oh, this thing. <laughs> Hello, she's just about to take a shit. Oh, God, this show is all about fucking shit. Um... <laughs> Would expose your shivering gamer's body to the cold and by the time you're undressed, relieved and got yourself dressed again, too much time would have passed. Time that could be sent uh, sniping enemies or completing impressive speedruns. Well, thanks to an upgrade to the <laughs> Damigi 4G called the Drop Seat System 6.0, uh, gamers may start competing in toilet speedruns too. Oh, God. The Drop Seat function as seen here in the cosplay model Moe uh, Yuri is a, a zip that also allows gamers to cut down their time spent in the bathroom to as little as possible by giving their nether regions quick and easy access to the toilet. According to Amazon.jp listing, uh, Bauhute promises that the drop seat function will give gamers amazingly speedy butt release and butt cleanup. Butt cleanup as well. <laughs> it, I don't think that's included. I think release is there. Oh, goodness. She looks like she's about to release one. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I love this company. Wait a minute. This picture's the guy's got his shorts on still. Oh, uh, so because it's very, you know. He's just going to shit his pants right there. <laughs> and then go back to playing Fortnite like a loser. Well like done. A loser. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Fortnite's just bollocks in there. I don't think they play Fortnite anymore. I think they've moved on. I think the world's moved on. From what are they that. playing now, then? What's the new one? I don't know. What's the most popular game for. Battle Royale, isn't it? Or something? Uh, I bet Fortnite's still up there. I got a question for you, actually. Um, in England, yeah, if a man, yeah, goes for a wee, yeah, and he sits down to do it, yeah. what's your what's your image of that man? He should sort himself out. <laughs> so I learned recently that young uh, guys in this country, not every, not all of them, but uh, more and more younger boys are being taught to sit down to pee. Really. Yeah, because it's apparently less splash and more hygienic. Yeah, I mean, Japanese toilet bowls seem to have an excessive amount of water in, to be honest with you. <laughs> They've got quite a wide surface area. Yeah, but they're nothing like the German toilets. The Germans toilets have like a shelf. Do they offer poo? Yeah. So you can inspect it. What are we talking about on this show? Can we just call this small talk... Toilet Talk Japan. Toilet Talk Japan. Yeah. Potty Talk Japan. So, no, so the kids are being taught this. The, the boys are being taught to sit down to pee. And I just, I don't, maybe this is absolutely biased that I need to, like, you know, woke myself out of or something. But I'm just like, that's not what men do. <laughs> well, if you want to read your phone or something like that, where you're doing it. Just do it standing up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> just like, I no. don't know. I don't know, man. I think, yeah, you should be able to stand. Well, I think hygienically this. speaking, if you're in like a public toilet, like not having any contact with the toilet is the best. I can't do... What are you watching? I don't really watch TV either, so... One of the top Japanese Twitch channels is a guy just walking around in Japan. Is that the Tokyo Game Show or something? No? No, it's just a place It's in just Japan. a place. Mind you, there's a lot of these a place in Japan videos. You did two of these and they were really good. That's because I was doing it. <laughs> But like, if you just go to most people's a place in Japan thing, because yeah. you live here, you just think, what's that? It's just like a street. <laughs> you know they find I mean? it really interesting. I mean, we might want to do one of these shows from like an izakaya or like take a walk around, you know, town We should or do a, a Maison Body small talk <clears throat> special and go yeah. down to the bars near my office and we'll... Uh... It'd be hard to stream at night, but we could do it. We could do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, everybody. I think we've 
ended the show like 15 minutes ago, but we just forgot to end it. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. All right, out of time. Uh, let's talk. Uh, we'll do whatever next week with... Uh, uh, we're going to have Natsuki next week. Okay, so mm. cleaner podcast. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> did you put, you put the testicle part in there, right? She kept saying... What did she say? What was the word she kept saying? She was trying to say ethical. Ethical, but she was saying esticles. Esticles. And yeah. I kept telling her to stop, and she wouldn't stop saying it. Ethical testicles. That's what I said. Important. That's the end of the today's show. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, Peace. everybody. Bye. <laughs>